The sign of the rule It's me and Daisy Moon And oh me hope she trade once again This is where the tears don't repeat And they always say you need way face Now what else but all sales Can't you see we're blind and we're weak Everyone choose to speak their mind COVID away through with violence On the way down singing Hello, 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 hello. With me in the studio, I have Chuck. Hey guys, my name's Chuck, and my favorite word, one of my favorite words is bananas. Bananas? Bananas, yeah. I like bananas. I need to have more bananas in my life. <laughs> With me in the studio as well is Nier. Yeah, my name is Nier, and my favorite word is drive. Drive? Yeah. And if you're in a band, you're going to be doing a hell of a lot of that. Hell yeah. And last but most definitely not least, Guy. What uh, is your favourite word? Um, Asai. Asai. Yeah. So I have to say, for those people who do not have the webcam facility, Guy is brandishing some of Japan's most famous delicious and delicious lager. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Asai. Chuck, you are the bass player. Yep. And Nia, you do all things vocal. All things vocal, yeah. And a- any stringed instruments that you can add to your bow or things that you do within uh, the band? Yeah, production-wise, I also play guitar, recordings, and... Uh, I produce the music as for mixing and, you know, the rest of the production. Blimey. Actually, it's a fun fact. Three of us are guitar players. So you're, you're all guitarists? Yeah. How many guitarists does it take to make uh, Jack the Envious record? Four, actually. Really? Yeah, but one of them <laughs> left, so now three. Oh, what's happened? Where, where did he go? He went home. He went home? Yeah. yeah. He just couldn't hack it. Britain just was... Too much for him. Yeah, you know. Uh, he had a different kind of uh, idea about musician and stuff like that. Jack the Envious, you formed in the earlier parts of the decade that we are now living and enjoying, around oh, yeah. 2011, 2012, in Israel. You balanced setting up the band in the early days with your military service. Now, I've heard many stories about the trials and tribulations that bands have in the early days having to cope with military service and you probably know how to do things to the human body and machinery that <laughs> I simply would not be able to comprehend. Actually, me and Chuck met in uh, Commander's Course, right. both in the artillery forces back then. Right. Uh, and yeah, like, uh, it, was a, it was a weird time because we all just started getting into this band and we didn't really know it's going to be, you know... Uh, huge lifetime thing mm. and we just started writing songs and doing them you know we wanted to get a few live shows and it's not that easy uh with the military service so it was just you know once every you know once a month in a weekend or whatever whatever we could you know push in uh and do 
It was uh, definitely quite the experience, you know. And how did Guy come into the equation? Guy and me go way, way long, We're way, from way like back. From the same street. Yeah. Oh, from the same yeah. street? Yeah. Same street. So oh, my word. From, like, Kid and God and I know him. We became friends, I think, in seventh grade. Whereabouts in Israel did the band fall? Where was this street that you two, Guy and Nia, where did you meet? In where? Hezalia. Right. Uh, it's close to Tel Aviv. It's close to Tel Aviv, yeah. Right. And... What is the music scene like there? The quantity of the band is like, I think, between 10 to 20, like in all the countries. Right. Yeah, probably. So not so much, but, uh, you know, it's uh, all of us are like friends, you know, know each other. So it's warm and uh, comfortable, but not that big. So you can find lots of uh, people to mm, reach yeah. to. I'd imagine it's a, a place that's very easy to feel like a very big fish in, in a small pond. We kind felt that well, yeah. maybe twice. You know, we had two really great shows before we left, uh, like packing 200 people venue, mm. which was very, uh, it was surprising for us. Like as a new band just got an EP out. So that was like the first show that we were like, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and with... Guy and Nia knowing each other from, you know, kind of the age of, you know, just pre-teens, early teens. What sort of music were you guys listening to? And has Jack the Envious in its early form Ooh. and the form that we hear now, has it always been on the kind of the heavier but melodic end of... So yeah, of the like, metal and thrash. This, this crossover. question varies. Yeah. We're very uh, diversity with this. Yeah, stuff, we're like. we're very different people, music-wise. Mm. I mean, guy grew on heavy stuff. I'm basically a pop punk kid, mm. so lots of fighting. Lots, lots of, of fighting, fighting. but uh, created tension. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, then yeah. you get to high school and uh, you start listening to heavier stuff. Like uh, you know, we had similar stuff like uh, Breaking Benjamin, Seosin, uh, uh You know, just everything uh three days grace a lot of alternative and you know got to heavier stuff later on mm -hmm. he so, got heavier and i got mellow so yeah. you know, indeed and actually one of the nice thing about it that i mean you say fighting but usually it's like it's one nice thing in jack the nbs usually we have like a lot of uh discussions but it all go with respect. So in the end, everyone wants to make like the best song. Just mm. like, ah, oh, I want to make a heavy song or something like it. We all gonna get, think, uh, discuss. Sometimes there's a bit of fighting, yeah. but good fighting. There's no songs we publish that like someone uh, like doesn't feel 100% like publishing it. Mm. Everyone has to agree to see, all right, yeah, I think this one's a good one. If we want to change something, we all listen to each other, change it. In the end, it's the the best product we we think we made. So, mm. uh, yeah. And Chuck, are you like the lukewarm water in the band? I feel my role is to, in the band is to be kind of in the middle of that kind of like lukewarm water. How does it work out? How's your role within the band? And uh, what <laughs> side of the heavy debate well, are you treasure. on? He is a thrasher. Oh, he's a thrasher. Yeah. So yeah, so a little actually. bit like lukewarm water in terms <laughs> yeah. of how it all works out. I think the one thing I certainly hear in in what Jack the Envious are doing musically, the bat catchy top line vocal sensibility is definitely there. You can hear the best of the pop punk side of things, but obviously what's happening behind all of that, yeah, it's heavy as shit. <laughs> <laughs>
What's the longest tour that you did in Israel? That's where it got really hard because、mm. we all had a lot of responsibility、mm. in our service. I mean, all of us were commanders in the end. Combat so, commanders. Yeah, so, so、uh, you don't see home very often. I can imagine. Us- yeah, usually yeah. during the rest of the year,、uh, a lot of things were pretty quiet. Scene wise, I'm not, I don't remember much, but I just remember there wasn't any events going on like during the year. And every summer we'd put on like、uh, four shows, something like that, which were very hard for us to reach all of them because it's getting out, it's putting on rehearsals, and you know, all the rest of the things, you know,、uh, getting to the venue, getting back to the army sometimes on the same day. Uh, even if it's Saturday or something like that.、Uh, so, so, yeah, so we put on like four shows each summer.、Uh, and then when we got out, we had more of a focus on the recording the EP.、Mm. And the military service, what length of time is it? Three, three years. Three years, yeah. right. Between 18 to 21. My goodness, right. Yeah, so. So, I mean, you absolutely have to be passionate about what you're doing musically in order、yeah. to keep that commitment between 18、totally. and 21.、Yeah. Actually, a lot of people, when they're like getting recruited, recruited to the army, they like don't, don't find the time to make music.、Mm. So, just usually giving up on it or wait till they're gonna end their, their service. But we, yep, we just did it as hard as we can. Absolutely.、Uh, yep. You know, every month you get like、uh, between one weekend or two weekends off. That's like the time for yourself.、Mm. So you try to put more time for like, you know, music. I think I remember the first year of the army going like no, with no music at all. I mean,、right. I, I remember only listening to music、mm. and、uh, just there were a few recordings I did before, just you know, demos in my, like, in my house and just not doing anything. But when I met Chuck、uh, on the same time, like a year later,、uh, I st- we started recording again, like on our free time, which wasn't a lot, it was like two days. Once each two weeks or every month or so.、Uh, we just start recording again, playing again. I, I play a lot with Guy and just sitting around with two guitars, you know, in his house and, you know, just playing riffs. And it, once it got there, you, you remembered why, you, why we were doing this、mm. and how, how much you love writing songs. Despite the fact that, you know, you have a little bit of free time while you're doing your military service. It's just that. It's a little bit of free time. And also, you, know, you have family members and friends that, who want to see you as well. And presumably, the word sacrifice comes into the equation of perhaps saying no when you know, you're going back home and friends want to meet you, and saying no when you know, your sisters or brothers want to take you out to、yeah. whatever <laughs> club. How was that pressure on your personal lives? Uh, like, we, we hold our commanders in the、uh, Israel army, so、uh, we know how to you know, divide the time and find the time for everything you need to do. So,、mm-hmm. you know, you can find the time for everything if you just、uh, I mean, won't respe- be lazy. In retrospect,、like、we did find time for everything,、mm-hmm. but I think a lot of like, friendships suffered. I know I had a few that did. 
and uh, you Same know here. <laughs> uh, fa- family you try to give them like the the most and the least like because they will respect you either way and you give them like the time that you can give them mm. and then you have like a lot of friends and some of us had girlfriends and it's like you know everything in the equation it's like it's so hard to please everyone but you know we, we tried our best you were commanders you know how to deal with a lot of shit and you're <laughs> good at it and from a timeline point of view the end of your military service 21 years of age how long did you remain in israel before coming to our beautifully sunny country <laughs> very sunny too uh, sunny well i think that we knew that we were going to uh to go out uh the minute we were done with the the army right. but then we just we wanted to record music uh professionally hmm. and once we did i i remember like it was i don't know year into like after the service i already told guy all right, guy. I mean, we're getting we're getting out of here, and he's like, "There's, there's, it's gonna take time, man. It's, it's not that easy." Uh, it wasn't, and he was right. And it took us uh, two years uh, to get the money, to work a lot, mm. uh, to get the right people, uh, which eventually wasn't exactly the right thing for us. Uh, not everyone was one hundred percent on it, but we got out of it, and we're. In a better place now than ever. The commitment that the three of you have shown coming to the UK, giving it all up, giving up your lives to focus on your passion, which is the band. That's a beautiful thing. You know, that's going to come with struggle. And you live in London. London is home here in in the UK. London is a great city. It's one of the greatest cities on the planet. It's also one of the most difficult cities to to live in. (laughs) This is not an easy city. Mind you, if three people can handle the (laughs) struggles that urban living in Western Europe can entail, and uh, you certainly deal with a lot of it here, it's going to be you guys. But, you know, this isn't an easy city. I mean, I think Londoners, when you get to know us, we can be friendly, but most of the time we're really, and apologies to other Londoners, we're really <laughs> fucking miserable. <laughs> and have you, have you found us? How are you guys getting on in London, in short? Actually, personally, it's my first time in London. So, uh, yeah, I'm, it's my first time. It's your first time? No, no? it's not my yeah, first time. Yeah, it's my first time. Right. Um, Me? Yeah. You right, can so, be- first of all, very polite. Oh, really? Yeah. God, we're getting away with very, it then. Very, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> very polite. And uh, I think, like, because it's, like, uh, lots of people from different places, you know, like, you are born here, right, in mm. England, but there's lots of people that haven't. So it's, like, very diverse, like uh, New York, but a different, you know, vibe to it. Absolutely. It's a different kind of speed to New York. But, again, another... It's an international city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A big city with big opportunities, big problems, big annoyances, and, and many, many wonderful things to go along with it. And it's also an expensive city as well. Yeah. So, you know... Not that expensive. I mean, no, considering... Like yeah, it's yeah, pretty it, close to what we paid in Israel yeah, for everything. Uh, really? Even yeah. Tel Aviv, I think it's pricier. Yeah, yeah. it might be. Right. Pricier, I think. It's very rare to hear anybody say that. Normally it's... <laughs> <laughs> and usually people in the studio who aren't from the UK who come here will um, be very disparaging about how much things are and will then blame me for it personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. I'm so sorry.
found British audiences in comparison to the ones that you were used to on home turf? Uh, actually, we're pretty new to touring here. Right. Uh, we did have spend a lot of time recording new stuff right. for the EP, hmm. and then we worked on a PR campaign, uh, which is already in place, taking place. Um, and now we started touring, uh, like we have a few shows here in London and we're trying to get a few uh, dates around uh, London. Uh, so far, I mean, we had, um, like, I think that it was a hit or miss. It mm. might be like the best audience we've had or like the worst audience, mm. but we can't really judge uh, from two shows. So we're keep uh, keeping at it. We really like to communicate with people that mm. uh, listen to our music, and they are traveling like eight hours. Eight it's hours like just, unbelievably. Yeah. Really? yeah. Yeah. You know, Israel. It's like less than eight hours for going through the country. Mm. So we can't even like imagine. For in our country, people like drive two two hours to get to our yeah, show. Yeah, there was mm. a girl uh, came from Ireland to see us uh, in London. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah, actually yeah. something that we've encountered that was very new to us. I mean, we have a fan, a longtime fan uh, named Joe, and he traveled uh, twice a month to both of our shows from Weymouth, uh, which is an eight-hour uh, train ride, I guess. Mm. And this is amazing. I mean, it's yeah. my heart. It's like yeah, crazy. absolutely. It's tremendous yeah. commitment. And also... To, to do that means that you know, you're absolutely resonating with people and for them to make the effort to do that, be it from Ireland, be it from Weymouth, be it from one part of London to another, which sometimes feels like it can take eight hours. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> it yeah. sometimes it does. <laughs> is a tremendous thing. The one thing about London is there are a thousand things going on every night and being able to be a draw not only for local people, but for people traveling from further afield, is tremendous. It's really, really, really good. And that's proof in the pudding. With regards to the person in Weymouth and with regards to the fan who came over from Ireland, how had they heard from you? Through which network did they come across your music? Oh, I think basically YouTube and Facebook are yeah, the right. strongest. Yeah. I mean, YouTube got us a lot of new people. Mm. Um, basically, we got it to a few pages that are not only our pages and it got a lot of uh, traction and facebook uh we do a lot of our own uh, marketing and promotion mm. so a lot yeah yeah i mean i think every band should but uh we find ourselves maybe uh two weeks in a row just dealing only with marketing and not even doing music at all mm. i mean we have a lot of songs already written and just waiting to be heard but uh we just you know we'd spend our days uh, hitting people, uh, targeting uh, certain events that might uh, be close to our genre, and you know, talking to new people, we like, we love it actually. Yeah. I mean, we just love speaking to new audience and getting heard, and they, most of them, really do like the music. So it's like it's a two-way street. Most of them really appreciate it. We really wanna, we're trying to reach them by speaking to them, not just sending them links like, uh this is my band, listen to it and spam them. Mm. Uh, we actually like, we, we've been talked to like hundreds of people, hundreds of people like personally, um, so they can actually be kind enough to, to give us a listen mm. and they just love it as, as much as we do. So, 
being able to engage with people directly instead of just being tedious yeah. spam that somebody wants to immediately delete. Yeah, usually bands, I don't think they, mm. they do it that frequently, but because it's hard. It's hard, like, I, sitting mm. and just adding people on real talk them, but we love it. I think we also change that way because, you know, once you st- when you start as a band, you just want to be heard and we want it now. Mm. So you're like, yeah, I'll just copy the link and I'll send it to everyone <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will hear me and it will be awesome and wonderful. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in reality, uh, like we it's like you, you get used to it and then you understand and you evolve. But once you really get it, I think I basically I really love speaking to new people and having that connection because it makes it that much more you know unique and Mm. different from other things yes your forthcoming ep in your own way how recently was that recorded where was it recorded and (laughs) when is it coming out uh so uh (laughs) it recorded in our first uh, month first month we moved here we just uh we rent a apartment in commercial road like this way just down the road from UK radio show HQ your house was in our uh, jog routine yeah Yeah. (laughs) and uh, we just uh, every day just recording stuff yeah we put a sort of we had a lot of uh, like ideas going on when we got here so it was like uh, we had a we were very you know uh, (laughs) we have orders so it's like uh, okay we get would get three four songs a week which is pretty crazy, thinking it will be you know ready three to four songs each week, mm. every week. Uh, so yeah, it went well. Yeah, but we made it. It's like we made like fourteen, I think. Yeah, fourteen uh, songs in one uh, month. Right. And yeah. just picked the ones that we think are like most suitable for the new EP. Right. And uh, that's yeah, that's that's all. I, I mean, there's a phrase in writing that sometimes you have to murder your darlings, which means out of those 14 songs, some of those that you might be really attached to might have to go because it doesn't sit with the others. How did that feel? Did you, when you'd finished that 14th track and you listened to all the mixes, how long of a process was it to pick and choose and if you will, murder the darlings or indeed set them aside for future bonus releases? Uh, That's the thing. We are like literally, it's not what... It wasn't that hard. We I made mean, it like a w- two hours. We yeah, it's like it's crazy to choose yeah. actually. But mm. you know, once we knew what we were trying to go with in the EP, it was pretty. You know, okay, so this song and that song really goes together, and we we had like this vision of keeping the same vibe that people might have gotten from the last EP we did, mm. and just give them the same vibe in a unique and different way. So we had like a song for each uh, each other song from the other EP. They're like, yeah, this goes pretty well with the same vibe. Uh, so we we yeah we kind of chose the songs together in like a two hour session of just talking about it. Mm. Yep. And yeah. most of the the thing that I really liked about this EP it really resonate with the with the idea of why we came here, like the lyrics uh, wise. Uh, it was like, uh, I think, the way we just uh, moved and all the struggle and stuff that you mentioned uh, earlier. So it was uh, really resonant with this EP. Mm. So it's yeah. like, this is like the big theme of it. Very much a case of, as a band, everything you've gone through collectively and is you're going to, to feel it lyrically in, yeah. in all of the tracks. That's right. Oh my God, it's time to move again. 
you fine chaps would not be in the studio were it not for the fact that soothsayer, drummer, producer, websmith, all-round nice guy, Ben Walters, who is the person who put me on to you guys, who turned me on to the glories of Jack the Envious. Tell me, how did you meet Ben? So there's about. a funny there's story a funny behind story. it. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a good friend from uh, back home. He lives in Berlin now. Mm. And uh, there was a four-year-strong concert going on in London, which is uh, one of um, my and Chuck's favorite bands. So, favorite band. So, uh, we didn't buy tickets, and we didn't think about it even. And then he, he messaged me, and he's like, are you going to the show? And I'm like... I don't know, man, we didn't buy tickets, it's like, it's today, and he's like, dude, you're going to the show, and I didn't even need much persuasion, it was like, yeah, you're right, man, I'm stupid, uh, and then I just hit up a Facebook group going like, is there any tickets going on, like, still somebody selling, and Ben hit me up, uh, and we actually were looking for a drummer back then, because uh, uh, our drummer uh, left the band, uh, so I immediately size a drummer and I'm like, Hey dude, I, I see you're a drummer. Uh, would you like to hear my band? We're actually looking for someone to audition. And he's like, yeah, dude, send me stuff over. <laughs> and he got hooked. And, uh, on that day we sat together on beers. I just drank and talked and we continued this conversations and it became to a really long-lasting friendship and we're really oh, yeah. grateful for it oh goodness all of this through the book of face really from the sounds of it or a desire to go to a specific gig yeah. and the next thing you know you're in east london and yeah. uh, working uh, with the man life's full of surprises absolutely yeah. absolutely and what has his role been with regards to jack the envious here in uk what does what does okay, ben he, do we really wanted him to be a part of the band right but he wasn't he haven't felt like to play with in it mm. so but we really like this guy so uh, we just uh we're great friends and he we call it like our night manager it's like the party manager he's like <laughs> everybody needs a good night manager. yeah, yeah he, he is like the best the best night manager we ever hoped for and, uh, yeah. yeah that's uh, by the way i want to give him a huge shout out he has his own uh, label and promotion uh and PR called uh, For Yannem Media Group. So you should check him out because he's a great man, great musician, great producer. Um, he made lots of stuff. And great friend, by the way, yeah. Here, <laughs> so, um. here. He's a good man. Well, yep. indeed, it was due to him that you are in this very studio at the moment. In so the, yeah. all yeah. roads yeah. lead to the mighty Ben. Yeah, which, is a, which is a very very good thing and did you i know that he is involved with all kinds of musical production work as well did you collaborate with him on this uh not latest yet release? not yet right we actually i did send him just you know for fun to master one of our songs which wouldn't be on the ep obviously but uh we actually did talk about doing things together because uh we have a actually an acoustic session uh coming up real soon with uh with his group the forgotten media group he's producing it and yeah he's everything. producing he's taking care of you know everything microphones uh recording uh filming filming uh so it's pretty cool uh we, we just love uh, doing things together and even if it's like hanging out on a beer or doing music related mm. things just work awesome hard dude. play hard yeah work hard yeah. and play hard so he's going to go from night 
manager to knob twiddling <laughs> producer. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. So be daytime party. So he may, he may become daytime party manager. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> it's going to be a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the three commanders have deemed him fit for duty in the daytime. <laughs> Do the three of you live in the same flat house? Yes. In the same room, actually. Yeah, same bed. In the same room, right. Yeah. yeah. They're sleeping Both in the same, same bed. For, for a lot of time. Right. <laughs> so you're quite literally living in each other's hair. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that certainly is a testament. <laughs> well, thank you, Doug. <laughs> Appreciate it. By the way, it was, I'm really glad that we were able to conduct the last interview with this band. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, traveling, you know, over thousands of miles to be here and live in close confines, you guys have to like each other and to be, if you will, patient with each other's shortcomings. And we all have them. And, I think it's important that we talk about the fact that originally there were four and four became three. There were five. There were oh, five. there were five. Yeah. So five members of the original band came out here. We were supposed to be like uh, five mm. and Drummer was supposed to join us after a month because he has to like, he has like personal stuff at home. Um, one mo- month after we moved here, he decided he can go on with the band. He has some personal stuff at home. Uh, shoe doesn't fit. Whatever, that was his stuff. And a month, less than a month after yeah, it. A month our... and a half later, our uh, longtime friend and guitar player uh, set us down to talk and says that he, he said that he realized that this route wasn't for him, mm. which is very re- uh, acceptable. I mean, he basically started the band with us. So yeah. we really, it was full of understanding and we, we really wish him luck in anything yeah. he will do later because mm. he's a great musician yeah. Yeah, actually he was the the band's first drummer he was yeah, yeah he, he was, was the, the first, band's, the band's first when we started out <laughs> no, as a no, four piece it was the three of us and he right. was on drums so for somebody to have the commitment to move countries and to focus on one thing and you know it isn't it isn't an easy life to do that if the shoe doesn't fit as you said, Chuck, earlier, I mean, you have to respect that decision. And it sounds yeah. like, you know, yeah. there's absolutely no hard feelings. It was, it was, returned home. You, it could was... See, you could see uh, it was hard on him to say that even because mm. we were such good friends. We we're still good friends. So, yeah, we respected it. So does that mean that when you're playing live that you've recruited some local talent? Uh, actually, uh, one, with... one big talent. Right. His Huge name is talent. James. Yeah. He's right. a drummer. He's amazing. And how did you meet James? Is he is he from London or from you? He's from Redditch, right? Actually, yeah. Oh, from Redditch, right? Redditch. Redditch, yeah. Indeed. And and how did you meet him? And how is he slotting in? Ultimately, um, the one thing is like the three of you in the room. You're a tight unit, and I like that. And it's going to be an interesting dynamic for somebody to come into that unit. <laughs> I've got the feeling because he seemed so nice that you'd be very inclusive. How's it all going? It's going great. He's the, he's the missing piece of the puzzle. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, so he's totally. just squeezed in and it feels amazing. You know, it's, it sounds weird, but yeah. Are there ever <laughs> I mean, any moments when you slip into Hebrew when you're in the studio? Lots yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, we try to avoid it, but uh, it's Autopilot. It's yeah. autopilot, yeah. And when, does he, does he, he have talk. his phrase book? Is he starting to... Uh, he will, he will. He'll catch on at some point. Yeah. 
We do try to talk mostly in English. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we're, we're not that bad at it, so... Okay, your English is absolutely fabulous. But obviously, if you're in the studio together and you want to get from point A to point B oh. through 14 bloody songs, <laughs> you know, going for your native tongue is going to make all of that much easier. Yeah. And um, yeah. so it's a, it's a tribute to James that, uh, you know, you've got somebody who is indeed that missing piece in the puzzle. So... Um, When's his birthday coming and will you get him a Hebrew book? Maybe. Hebrew to English Maybe. dictionary. Maybe he'll get us an English book for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for his birthday. It's going to be better. So. So, so kind of Redditch dialect to <laughs> Tel Aviv <laughs> Hebrew. When he came over here, what was the situation with regards to gear? Did you sell everything out there and then buy here? Or was it just one bag? One guitar and <laughs> I, three dreams. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's we took everything we could take that is very like the necessary things to take. Mm. Like a guy has a camper, he took that and a guitar. Uh, Chuck took the bass and you know his pedal, pedal board. board. Yeah. That's uh, it, basically. I basically took you know my uh, computer, which is only for production work, and my sound card. Slash uh, and your microphone. acoustic guitar. Acoustic yeah. guitar, because, you know, sometimes you get lonely. take you everywhere, so... Uh. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, oh, actually, we don't have speakers until t- until this day. I mixed all the EP with uh, headphones. <laughs> yeah. And really? Yes. Yeah. All of it in the box and with a pair in of cans, as we say. Yeah, and yeah. a small speaker, yeah. like the regular <laughs> things you take to the beach. Yeah, that, that's horrible. To be fair, though, <laughs> if you're used to listening to music on one of those horrible little beach speakers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it means that if you can get it to sound good on there, you can get it to sound good on everything. It, it's funny, but actually I found a lot of things that I didn't notice uh, through the really yeah. good earphones I have. Uh, I heard it through the speaker and I thought, oh, yeah, I need to take this down a notch. So So I can see you, you know, sort of 20 years in in the future recording Jack the Envious's 22nd album and still probably going in there with 14 (laughs) songs and you'll still have that little speaker that you reference and somebody, some engineer will go, So do you guys want to listen to this back on the Yamaha NS10 speakers, Dave? Or are you going to use the shit beach speaker? It's falling apart, mate. Fuck those NS10s, <laughs> which are standard speakers, which sound horrible, which are in studios everywhere, but enough gear geekery. And then you're going to demand to have it. It'll be just kind of falling apart and you'll be mixing everything on that. That's incredible, though, because, I mean, there is a saying that mixes that, you know, were done on speakers will always sound good on headphones, but not necessarily vice versa. But you've proved otherwise. So maybe it is all down to that that little... You know, yeah. the beach speaker. I mean, yeah, it was pretty it was <laughs> scary. beach speaker, that great brand. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty scary at first uh, doing this. I remember talking to Guy about it. It's like, dude, I don't know what I'll do without speakers, but we knew that if we're going to move around a lot, we can't really afford buying new speakers because I had ones, like, at home. Mm. Uh, so I just, we had, I had, a like, a sort of a template that I know that I was working with which sounds pretty good. And from there, I worked on each track individually. Mm. So, yeah, eventually it's like it's the bottom line. It all sounds very, very good in our opinion. So, I mean, the one thing that I've noticed with all of the tracks that I've heard you, you do from, I suppose, from 2015 onwards is that the production and the arrangements are tighter than cramped. They are really slickly done thank you really really dynamic which for heavy music can be difficult 
you want everything to sound louder than everything else and <laughs> compress the fuck out of it. And sometimes you can end up with something that's a steamrollered turd. Dead. And yours is the opposite of that. You know, it's it's really, really, really heavy, but it's it's super dynamic. And, you know, you're not afraid to play with juxtaposition. When you have a drop down, it really drops down. And also some of the instrumentation that you use is non-standard. I've heard xylophones being incorporated <laughs> in places. <laughs> How did the xylophones come in? Where do we get the inspiration from, a guy? No, ah. we just like. What, like the you know, we like we just know uh, the inspiration of like the stuff yeah, from, from uh, you know the African. There's a like an African instrument. Mm. You know the ones like looks like a half of coconut oh. shell. Our friend had one of this. Oh, and near really just near marimba. I think it's called marimba. Mm, it be. And he's just played with it, and he says like, oh, it's, it sounds nice, and then we operated like in a weird way to the xylophone <laughs> stuff but ah. it's not like i, I basically idea. love everything weird from you know from tim burton onwards it's like <laughs> everything that sounds different is just mm. cool yeah. for my taste i love the idea that a band references tim burton that's um yeah. fantastic so yeah. art um, is art yeah Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Musically, you're coming up with something that is unique and distinctive in the same way that his cinematic visions can deliver. You always know when you're looking at a Tim Burton film. Certainly with what you guys are doing, there's a stamp that's very much your own. And in a genre where there's certain sounds that you want to have, there's certain you know guitars and amp combinations which are going to work. So being able to to kind of forge a sound that's very much your own in 2017 where everyone's using similar plugins and similar programs it's very easy to turn into even if it's accidental to turn into a kind of a conveyor belt product near when you're getting stuck in and the headphones are on the beach speaker is there Chuck and Guy, are they just off having asahi and banana omelettes or what? <laughs> I what, wish, what I wish. Or, or do you, do you get, do you, are you all hands-on and now, get stuck in? It, it depends on what we do. Like when we were very strong into the process of recording, when I did that, uh, so uh, Guy might have, uh, you know, uh, worked on the parts for the next song to, you know, because you yeah. can't just go, yeah, I know the song, mm. you, need to, you need to fucking practice, so... He'd go and Chuck would practice and uh, they might have, you know, uh, talk on the next song and how to build it and what to put in or different nuances. Uh, Guy has a lot of uh, video art work that he had to do. Uh, we actually do most of our stuff DIY, so Guy is like the editor of videos and he did the, the whole uh, lyric video we put out for Begging for More last month. Uh, Chuck does a lot of uh, things uh, Facebook-wise and promote. Uh, he did designs, it for, yeah, art since day one. He does promotion and designs and whatever. You know everything from banners to to you know logos and stuff like that. So, is there anything you guys can't do? It's really annoying. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you'll name a few, we can tell you if we can do it or not. <laughs> From the sounds of it, and all joking aside, from the ground up, from a writing, arranging, performing, and then promoting point of view, and promoting including videos, including engaging with people through social media, you all have your roles, and you've all slotted in really, really naturally through it. We made the slots, you know, like, we knew we need to to be able to make our own videos, so... Mm. 
So that's where I came in and just learned about it. Just mm, like cavemen. I. Yeah. Music I video. Do yeah. I. Me video do one. Me video do now. I producer. The, the first <laughs> thought about it was like, it's better for us to learn to like a video arts to um, learn about how to film things, um, how to edit things, all designs, mixing and everything just so we can do it ourselves and we don't have like to pay um, tons of money for other people to do it mm. so basically I, we I create our own product all the fucking time i think time. it's also important to know uh, to know that when we got here we weren't in the same position that we are now i mean i didn't mix the way I mix now when we got here and guy didn't do lyric videos like it does well, now. we sounded like a caveman at first no <laughs> yeah <laughs> no longer so, does. yeah maybe yeah. no because you know because we started out and we recorded a lot of songs so i obviously got better and all that and when we decided to do lyric videos, so guys like, all right, so I'll start learning how to do that. And you sit on your ass for hours and you study. And I did that the same thing with, you know, production, just learning new tricks here and there and, you know, getting more information. So we didn't really know the same things that we know now when we got here four months ago. So, so you've only been here four months and you've forged all of these things into place in the city my word yeah. that that is quite an achievement thank you um, thank you i mean there's some bands who struggle to get a replacement drummer in four months let alone having somebody come in seeing people go so you know you've had a, a great deal of of change since coming here i didn't realize your arrival here was that recent with everything you've been talking about i, I assumed it was maybe a year and a half ago so it's, <laughs> it's interesting how it, it did how, feel like it right yeah. <laughs> you've lived a year and a half in yeah. the space of four months Between completing your military service and your move here, you no doubt looked at an entire globe. And although we touched on it before, what is it about the UK that made this seem like the ideal home for the band, ideal base for the group? Uh, it's, we are really mobile, so we're in the UK right now. We right. don't know what's going to be like, you know, next month even. So, right. You know. Uh, first of all, we want to get out of Israel because of the small scene mm. there's there. And uh, the UK and especially London is like the main source of art and communication Music, yeah. to other countries mm. everywhere. So uh, that's the main thing. And even the English that we already knew part of it, so mm. it was uh, really easy. And uh, that's the main thing, I think. For, for us right now I completely understand from your point of view and where you developed as a band and where you were originally based that 
you know, being able to dive into, you know, a bigger pond was really, really important. And London is a, you know, a great place to do that. And I also understand that it's, it may not be all forever home. Yeah. And from the sounds of it, you're going to see how you get on here and where the wind takes you and where the music <laughs> takes you and where the muse takes you is part of the excitement of it all. Yes. Um, are yes. there any long-term goals in terms of where you'd like to see yourself either being based or touring? Obviously, you love playing and want to tour the world and everywhere, but in the next year, what would you I like think that, to see happen? I think happen? that, like Guy said, I think we don't have like a specific home that we picture mm. in our head, but we just want to tour as much as we can uh, put on another record and maybe another EP mm. after and, you know, just keep growing. That's that's what band should do, you know, keep doing what we do. You know, I heard lots of band that I, I get in touch with them in like their fourth uh, album, you know, and mm. then when we I saw it, I go back and like have so much fun of listening of, to, of their older songs, you know. So uh, if we in like three years from now have like our second album or third album mm. and somebody just gonna get you know the same feeling so i done my job you know it's not like th that's the important thing to do striving to continue to develop as a group and to have that at the forefront it's amazing how many bands forget that you know they get caught up in the business or they grow wary of, of the business and for you i, I sense that it's it's about the music first and foremost. And that sounds really, really naff, but for many, many groups, to, to quote the film Spinal Tap, you know, as long as there's the sex and drugs, I can do without the rock and roll. <laughs> as long as there's, you know, sex and drugs, I can do without the rock and roll. Not my own sentiments, but the sentiments of a lot of bands. And the more that you tour the UK, the more that you'll <laughs> no doubt see that. I was intrigued to see that you covered a song by Gorillaz. <laughs> Now, Whoa, normally, a, a really unique, heavy interpretation of the track, which keeps the spirit of the song, but I wouldn't visualise you listening to Gorillaz while you're on the beach with your little beach speaker. Are you big Gorillaz fans? Uh, I am. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. We listen to uh, practically everything these days. I mm. mean, uh, Guy has a lot of uh, indie vibe going on, and same yeah, as me, um, and Chuck um, does sometimes. By the way, if you just like get in our apartment while we're like doing promotions shit, mm. you probably won't hear like heavy music. It's gonna be like a Gorillaz or Royal Blood. about music it's, you can if you do love music you love everything you mm. get, i mean each one of us has Not its own everything. like one or two genres that it's the favorite but i mean you know everything goes gorillas is one of like uh, one of our favorite bands it's well-crafted songs but a, a surprising choice for a cover which is why it works really so yeah. in a way, that comment answers the question. I didn't even need to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to Wonderwall? Today's gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. 
from the slightly Britpop infused gorillas with Damon X blur at the helm and the cover that you did of the gorillas song to something that is completely and utterly Britpop Oasis Wonderwall you certainly know how to choose covers which are not going to be predictable what made you choose to go all Manchester with regards to <laughs> that fantastic <laughs> cover. In retrospect, I think that we found out whether we chose two big uh, UK acts only when we, you know, thought about it mm. a year later. And it's like, oh, we just chose the UK bands. And But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we just... I think that uh, a lot of... Uh, there is a lot of thing in the scene that they choose a lot of pop songs and, you know, just the... The regular thing that you choose a popular song from now from the charts and do a cover of it and it's uh, cool because it's you know it's uh, there's y- hype. Y- I'm sorry to say, but usually they sound pretty much the same. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you put like the the hard verses and the clean choruses. You put some distortion heaven and it pro- it just sounds fucking so, yeah, the same. Well, when yeah. we mm-hmm. chose our covers, it was basically songs that we knew that a lot of people like and that we like. So. It's like, yeah, this is something we grew up on. We want to do a cover of it. And I think it's not like we we like looked for making a cover. It just made like I know from the feel good ink that I heard it. I even remember when I heard uh, this like this song when I said like we need to make a cover of it. You know I, I just mm. heard the you know the um, the bass uh, you know like riff there and said mm. like it's gonna can be awesome with like some distortion on it. Yeah, it's yeah. still uh, playing in our live yeah. shows though. Yeah. yeah. Actually, when Nier came to me and said, like, dude, we have to do Wonderwall, and I was like, dude, I hate this song, <laughs> but just because I personally hate it, we should do it fucking better. And <laughs> it turned out to be fucking amazing. Can you do me a favor with regards to that cover when you play it live? Just something for me, Nier, and, and you're singing this. One line in Wonderwall that has always perplexed me as to why they let that one get through the filters. All the lights that light the way. And all the lights that light the way are blinding. All the lights that light the way. It's a redundant use of the word light when all the lights that guide the way 
would have been much better. I think Noel Gallagher perhaps was having an off day and rushed those out. <laughs> Can you promise to stick Guide in there from now on when you perform it and just think of me? <laughs> sure we do we're gonna yeah, do it you all got the it. right that guide the way it is better it's the, the way the song should have been written whoever produced that should have let Noel and Liam you know I think yeah. that's one of the places where art wants to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to piss you off so you'd get hooked you know uh, why, why is that you're talking about it you're already making it a thing indeed you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I suppose in a, in a Mancunian accent you're right like all the lights that light the way all the lights that guide it still works it's better so you don't have to agree to this mission I'm trying yeah, to get you all got military it. on your ass. you got it oh, you got thank it. you thank you we live in in, a, in an era in which the interweb apparently is of great importance and I understand that you've got spaces on the internet where people can find out more about the band how do people click their way to find out more about your good selves oh Where's the first port of call? Is it the Book of Face? Is there yeah. a band website? I want to know. I'd yeah. say Facebook. Definitely. Facebook is the main... The main uh, we, everything that platform. we put out, we put on Facebook, uh, basically. Yeah. Even things that aren't on YouTube are on yeah. Facebook. Uh, like different things that we did on, on the site. So Facebook is the place to Facebook go. Facebook is the first place. I mean, YouTube, Instagram, even Twitter. Uh, sometimes yeah, Twitter. Sometimes, but Facebook is the main uh, uh, fair thing. Yeah. Now, all of you listening to this are listening via the means of the podcast. And in the description on your playing device will be links to the band. But also, you can go to Google, you can go to Bing, you can go to Ask Jeeves. Is that still even going? Pornhub. put in... Uh, and what is another... Pornhub. Oh, indeed. And then yeah. find out more about your good selves. Indeed, that'll be more the video-based stuff that uh, yeah. the guy <laughs> likes to edit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lyric-only video, but is there another special kind of video that you've done find uh, out <laughs> google your way search your way to jack the envious also the new ep is out 14th of july 14th yeah. of july by the way we got our show back on june 10th in surya yeah it's a venue called surya in london oh yes on pentel yep. road in yes the heart yeah, indeed. Of so if you're not going to download you're like oh why i'm not going to download i want to go really to expensive it's and ex there's something much better in london so yeah we're we're uh <laughs> we're the other option chuck Nia and Guy, thank you so much thank for raising so much for the radio show with your presence. Thank you very much. Thank you very pleasure. much. And, and let's get some banana omelettes and some uh, Asahi beers on the go. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do that's it. a party. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Are you done with those mugs? To a mere pedestrian or uninitiated local, Penge may appear to be an unremarkable suburb of London. Neither city nor country, neither posh nor destitute. But in this quiet enclave in the southeastern quarter of our nation's capital, is an Art Deco semi-detached house owned and occupied by a North American transplant to Blighty named Slutty Sue. She likes to clean. I popped into Slutty Sue's pristine abode and asked, Slutty Sue, what have you been up to? 
Since it's springtime and the weather's getting hot, I've had to start cleaning up my yard. It's got all grown over because it's so warm and moist lately. And it makes it difficult for my neighbor to have access. And it makes everything seem a little dirty. So this week, Dookie, I've mostly been clearing the passageway that leads to my back door. Mm. Well, that is indeed your lot. Chuck, Guy and Near are an absolute delight, and it was a real honour to have them here at Dukie HQ. The three members of the band, their nighttime manager Ben Waters and myself went off to a local tavern after we were done recording and we toasted the fortunes of the group. And I really hope they go from strength to strength. I can't think of more deserving people. You've been listening to our interview with Jack the Envious. My name is Juki and I've been your host. Until next time, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Facebook. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. 
magazine and mind it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show the Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show, the Dukey Radio Show. Dukey Radio Show. 